Hey, college kids. Welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Ethan. So if you could introduce yourself. Um, hi, my name is Ethan Briel. Um, I'm from the Bay Area in California. Um, my major that I applied for is um, either pre-farm or pharmacology and drug development. Um, if they didn't have that, I applied for biological sciences. Um, I'm a senior um, and I am entering uh, college uh, in my next year. Uh, I don't plan on taking a, a gap year. Um, some of the colleges that I got into are uh, Cal State Long Beach, uh, Chapman University, University of Pacific, UC Davis, UC Santa Barbara, UC Riverside, UC Santa Cruz, um, UC Berkeley, and University of Southern California. Did you get into all the UCs? I lost count. No, um, I got waitlisted to um, UC San Diego, Irvine, and LA. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot about UCLA. All right, so <laughs> let's start from the very basics. So this is like just to get an idea of like what the expectations were for education and what resources you had going into the college process. So number one, can you explain how education is in your family? Are you like a first-gen student or did your parents go to college here? Do you have any siblings to look up to? So can you, and you know, what were your parents' expectations for you going to college? Um, so my parents are from the Philippines. They did, uh, they did college in the Philippines and uh, the nurses here. Um, and they're kind of lenient, but have always like encouraged that I do well in school. Um, they haven't been like really strict saying that you have to like get all A's. But um, they always like had the ideology that if you do well in school, you can go to like a, a good college and then um, have a successful like, life after. Um, I have an older sister that's in college right now. She goes to UC Santa Cruz for psychology. Um, so I kind of look up to her in that aspect that, um, you know, uh, I should pursue a higher education. And um, I also have a younger sister that I'm encouraging to do well in school as well. So she can go to a good college. All right. And one thing you mentioned, you listed a lot of schools like Chapman. I'm not sure where that is, but like the majority of your schools are in California. Was that like a choice by you? We can get into this later, but is this a choice by you to stay in California or were your parents more like you can go where you want? Just you know, stay close to us. Um, it was mostly my decision. Um, I didn't want to be too close to home, but I didn't want to go like super far away, like across the country. I did apply to some schools out of state, like um, Tufts and UPenn. I got waitlisted to Tufts and then I got rejected from UPenn. Um, but it was just out of my own comfort. Like I wanted to experience a new environment, but I wanted to be able to visit my family a lot more often than I would if I had to go like in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into the resources you had in terms of like which school you went to, and then we'll get into the different parts of your application. So Throughout high school, what kind of call, um, school did you go to? Was it you know a public school, like one of those magnet schools, a private school? And then, how would you say they like prepare or like help their students in the college process in terms of offering like advanced courses and offering like counsel guidance counselors? So, can you tell us what resources you had going into college? Yeah, so um, I go to a public school, and um, I wouldn't say that I got like a lot of help. Um, for my school, like, um, in terms of helping me with my application. Um, but it's also just me, like, doing things on my own rather than asking. Mm-hmm. Um, at most, I would say that I'd ask, like, some of my closest teachers for some feedback on my essays. 
but I wouldn't say that they had like any specific programs to help me like um, help provide feedback for like any of my college application processes. Mm-hmm. So mainly it was just like Googling. Yeah. Okay. And did your school have any AP or IB system? Uh, yes, we have an AP system. Um, for reference, I took nine APs over my four years. Um, yeah, our school does offer a lot of APs and they uh, pay for our AP exams, which I'm grateful for. Wow. Um, but yeah. All right. So yeah, that was actually my next question. We're going to get into like GPA and like grades and stuff. So you said you already took nine APs. If you don't mind me asking, is there a reason that your school like pays for those AP exams? Like not even like they pay some of it and you pay some of it, they just pay for everything? Yeah. So they pay for our AP exams and they also pay for our, uh, every year they have like one SAT exam at our school mm-hmm. and they pay for that one. If you take it outside of school, obviously you have to pay for that one. But uh, everything that, um, all the tests that we take at school, they pay for. Um, sorry, I, I lost, what was the question again? I'm sorry. That's oh, okay. okay. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. You took nine APs and your school pay for, pays for them. So let's get on to your GPA. Can you tell us what your unweighted GPA was, the one out of 4.0, and then the weighted one? And also give um, give the scale for the weighted one as well. Uh, yeah, so for non-weighted out of four, it's 3.97. And then uh, for weighted, it's uh, 4.54. All right. And did your school do like valedictorian stuff like that? Uh, they didn't past years, but I know they removed rankings um, over the recent years. So I'm not exactly sure if they're still doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like graduation was still virtual for us, like the past few years. So I'm, I'm unsure if they're um, still doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So let's get on to SAT or ACT based on which one you took. So which exam did you take? And then tell us about the preparations that you had for the exam how many times you took the exam and then what your super score was. Yeah. So I took the SAT exam um, twice. Uh, I took the SAT over the ACT just because our school paid for the SAT. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to um, learn a completely new test. Um, the first one I took outside of school actually. Um, and I, it was in March, uh, March last year, I think March 13th. And um, I prepared two months in advance the only um, the only study materials I did prior to that two month studying period was the PSAT during my sophomore year, so I, I didn't really um, prefer, uh, prepare for that one that much. And then um, the way I went about it was I actually had a tutor for like the first three weeks, and um, I didn't have the best experience. I don't think that was for me. Um, just because like he had like a very like strict plan that I went to and a ton of work on top of my schoolwork. So I decided to um, stop that tutoring thing and then uh, self-study on my own. And I thought it was a lot more effective because I already knew what I had to study. Um, I bought some uh, prep books online. So for math, I used College Panda, um, which I would highly recommend, but I didn't buy any books for um, the English portion. I just used Khan Academy for that. Um, the first test, uh, I scored a, um, I think it was a 1440, but I wanted um, a score around the 1500s. Um, so I took it again two weeks later um, for my school, and I ended up getting a 1520 on that. Wow. Uh, How'd you do that? <laughs> uh, I think I was, 
I was just really lucky on the English section. Like I was very surprised. Um, I got a 760 split on the, on the SAT. So I got a 760 on the English section and, and a 760 on my math. My super score, unfortunately, it was also a 1520 because I scored the exact same on my math um, that second time around, but I did like extremely well um, compared to my last one on my English section. Um, but yeah. Okay, so I have some questions here. Two weeks, like, so this was like entirely luck with the, I know the English section tends to be the more annoying section. So like, but two weeks, it's like, so are you saying it's like purely luck that you got uh, such I, an I, improvement? I wouldn't say that just because that first time I had a lot of nerves. So mm -hmm. I didn't, I had like two minutes left on the English section and I had like about like 10 questions to answer. Oh, so I was kind of just bubbling in whatever I didn't have. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I didn't really do that, uh, that well that first time. Mm -hmm. That second time I was kind of feeling it, like getting the pacing down. So um, uh, when you're taking the SAT, one thing I would recommend is taking a bunch of practice tests just so you can, you know, get used to um, how it would feel like being in the environment, taking a test and also getting used to like your pacing and what you're comfortable with. Cause that's in my opinion, all that's uh, that it's about, it's nothing like super advanced or super complicated. Uh, Cause it's a standardized test. Everyone should be able to do it. So yeah, the more times you take a practice test, the, the better you do. And that's what I think. All right. And I want to get quickly, get back to your to the fact that you did tutoring to for three weeks to help with your first SAT. So you, again, you said you did the tutoring. It didn't work out for you. So you went on doing individual studying. Can you tell us exactly, because tutors aren't cheap at all. Like, and people are like, should I, if you're not like, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, you're like, should I invest? Should I not invest in a tutor? So like, what exactly does a tutor do that is different if you were to do it yourself? Like what, what, what work do they actually give you? Um, so with those practice books I got, um, sometimes they wouldn't like uh, explain it in the best way uh, that I could understand it. So the tutor, they would just like try and break it down for you so that you could understand it and like give you some tips and strategies. Um, uh, the next time a question like that uh, comes around, um, I wasn't there long enough to like actually get the gist of like what he did because I only met with him like three times. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Uh, it would just mostly be like, um, what types of questions that, um, any trends that, uh, pop up in the test and like what types of questions that would pop up in the test. And if those questions were to pop up, what is the best way of approaching, uh, approaching it? And, um, like for the English section, for example, uh, he broke down like the questions into like several categories. And if the question falls into a certain ca category, it would say, oh, um, usually when that question comes up, that answer can pop up like around here, mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, okay. So who would you recommend a tutor for versus not? Do you think that it just didn't work for you or it's that like you didn't meet enough to understand, like get the hang of actually tutoring? So who would you recommend it for? And then how long would you recommend it for? Um, I, I'd say that if you know, how to study effectively, um, you wouldn't really need a tutor because uh, you would know like what things uh, you should work on. So basically, if you know your strengths and weaknesses, 
I wouldn't get a tutor um, just because you could be studying on your own in that time rather than doing a homework that your tutor assigned you or just going to those sessions in general. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that I'm, I'm not like, I prefer not having a tutor over having one. It was just something my mom offered. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, my, it was just something my mom offered. So I decided to try it out to see if it was like anything different, but I, I don't think it's that worth it in my opinion. All right. So let's get on to, we've done grades and like standardized testing. Let's get on to extracurriculars now. So you did say that you're looking into pharmacology in college. So Number one, when did that interest like, you know, pop up? Like, when did you start like think seriously thinking like, oh, this is what I want to pursue? And then did it influence the extracurriculars that you had or are your extracurriculars kind of completely out of line with what you actually want to do in college? Yeah, so I'd say generally my extracurriculars or I'd say it's like half and half, like some of it does deal with it, some of it doesn't. Um, So I didn't start thinking about um, pharmacology until um I'd say sophomore or junior year-ish um it's I'd say that's like pretty late compared to some um students that I met um I've always just uh, generally I've always had like an interest in the STEM field um both my parents being nurses so I thought I'd pursue a similar field but I didn't know exactly what and it wasn't until like chemistry honors slash AP chemistry where I thought um yeah I really do enjoy chemistry so I I tried to find like a a job somewhere there. But um, one of the uh, projects that I did um, in the latter half of junior year, um, my AP chem teacher wanted everyone to like teach the class or something. So um, he would like give us a week or two to come up with like a, a class lesson or whatever, um, just to present to the class. And um, I didn't want to be lazy because I, I'd say I was kind of close to my AP chem teacher, so I didn't really want to disappoint him. Mm-hmm. So um, my class lesson was on like um, drug delivery with supramolecular chemistry, something like that. Um, and then I ended up teaching the class uh, what that was, like a general introduction in um, the applications uh, supramolecular chemistry could give to like the, um, the medical industry. Um, and I had a lot more fun with that project than I thought I did. So then after that, I was kind of like set. Yeah, I really do want to get to like a hospital setting and it'd probably just be making medicine. All right. So we can actually get into your list of extracurriculars now. So I know like throughout high school, you're going to have extracurriculars that you did like here and there that didn't really matter. But can you give me like the list of the main extracurriculars that you did throughout um, high school? And then we can do like a dive into each one, like where you got started, you know, your time commitment and stuff like that. Um, I have my common app pulled up. Do you want me to just read off those 10? That's great. You put, okay. you filled out all 10? Yeah, but I wouldn't say like all of them are like, uh-huh. um, what do you call it? It has substance. Okay. Or maybe I could be wrong. I'll, ju- I'll just read it anyways. Just in case. Right. Um, the one I put at the top was uh, a program I've been in for six years. It's called the 49ers STEM Leadership Institute. So um, do you just want me to list it and then we'll go into each one after? Or do you want me to explain yeah, I after? Think because it's important to know what you actually wrote on your college app because that's what the colleges saw and that's what they based their decision off of. But you can go into it and like 
because some people, as they're listening right now, they may find interest in what you're talking about because they've never heard mm-hmm. of it before. So if you yeah. could like elaborate on the main ones and then we can just like go through and see what you wrote for colleges. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, first one being the uh, 49ers STEM Leadership Institute, um, they start recruiting in um, the middle of sixth grade. And then um, basically this program was sponsored by the 49ers team uh, for our district. And um, you would be selected for a cohort of 59 other students. And um, you would go through like STEM enrichment training or training or um, learn about like different fields in like the STEM, uh, the STEM area. Um, I guess the best way to describe it for me is uh, they kind of teach you how to be a uh, take initiative and like be independent with like starting up projects. And it's also like a, a sampler plate. So like, um, it, it's not like geared towards like one field where you, um, where everyone just like goes into robotics and learn, learns coding. Um, they kind of give like introductory stuff to like uh, the med- uh, medical field or uh, engineering, um, stuff like that. So um, you can know what you want to do um, in college. Uh, I'd say that uh, because of the 49ers uh, STEM Leadership Institute, um, I was able to uh I was able to like realize like I wanted to go into uh, the hospital setting. Um, like every year we have um, competitions that we would enter. So that would be like in middle school, FLL or first legal league, which is robotics uh, competition. Um, and then that would be in the first semester. Second semester would be makers fair, which is um, a local like creators fair or creator space where like everyone can show off their cool creations um and then that was one track and then we have a second track called um explore vision which is like they give you a prompt and then you come up with like a research paper um and then try to solve that problem with your paper and any implications for the future um and then the latter half of that track is called tech um uh, the tech challenge um and I'd say it's like similar to the first legal league in that they give you like a problem and then you have to build something um, in order to uh, solve that problem. And then you get points based on how many like uh, uh, points, like by meeting certain criteria mm-hmm. um, that would generally be our um, middle school thing. And um, it's an extracurricular, so it's not um, really like embedded into school. So uh, we would have to meet like every Wednesday and then every other Saturday Um just to work on those projects. But um, just being in the uh, in the SLI program, um, they do tell you that you, uh, they do make you um, take certain courses. So um, for STEM in, in middle school, it wasn't that big of a difference. They would just make you go like one math level um, higher than you would normally take. And then in high school, um, the tracks are like very, very similar. So the first one was FTC. So rather than building like robots out of legos you would start using like metal pieces and stuff like that and then uh, maker fair was still the same and then the second track was also the same um but something that they're implementing this year was called um tinker track so um uh being an sli you do have the privilege of using the lab spaces so um we call them the, uh, call it the fab lab at the high school so uh, just some like machines that we use is the uh, 3D printer, the sewing machine, uh, the shop bot, which is like this huge like wood carving machine. Um, I could carve wood on like a 
on a 3D um, plane. And then we also have a laser cutter. Um, so TinkerTrack allows us to understand, I guess, just the opportunity to um, complete some projects while also understanding how to use the uh, machines in the lab. And so it seems like you guys have quite a number of projects <laughs> do you, like you do over the years and then competitions that you enter into. So when you're like applying to college, are you like joining national competitions, not specifically for this program, but they're preparing you for competitions that are done nationwide or like within your district or within your state? Yeah. So uh, I felt uh, like, for example, I is a national competition, mm-hmm. but it starts off like regional. And then yeah. if you do super well, you keep stepping up. And how far did your team get with that? Well, mainly in high school, let's yeah. keep it to high school. Um, in high school, uh, my team specifically, we made it past regionals, but we didn't get past that. But um, I know some of my friends and a, a different team in the same program actually like made it to state. Okay. Okay. What bothers me, it's 49ers, but there are 59 students. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. So that seems like a really big commitment. And did you have, did your parents have to pay for the program or was it funded? No, it was, it was funded by the 49ers. So like everything there was, was free. Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. All right. Next extracurriculars. Let's get into those. Um, the one I put second was a volunteer, um, extracurricular. So, um, I was a lead publicist for a cafe, uh, a nonprofit cafe, which is why they let me get volunteer hours for that. Um, mm-hmm. so one of the main projects that I worked on, I worked on was a campaign called hashtag coffee for heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was brought up in like the pandemic, um, where like a lot of first responders were like very busy and, you know, tired with like having to deal with like a lot of um, cases. So they were obviously being like overworked. So um, we decided that um, we would provide like um, local hospitals and clinics with uh, free drinks and uh, pastries. So um, during my time there, um, I was able to provide like four local hospitals and like six clinics with like $800 of uh, $800 worth of free drinks and pastries. Um, and then Aside from that, I would create a lot of like promotional uh, promotional materials, um, like photos, videos, um, flyers, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and how this, did you get this position about. to begin with? Um, so it was actually through STEM, where um, the faculty was trying to like teach us how to try and find internships, and they brought like a student over um, to talk about their experience with that, um, and then. Um, they looked through uh, Indeed. So after seeing that, I was like, dang, I really need to do more. So I looked on Indeed and then I eventually found this and I've been doing it since sophomore year and then stopped um, this January. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of already told me what you did, but is that almost exactly what you wrote on the college app? Like the amount of hospitals and clinics you provided with? Yeah. All right. All right. And I forgot to ask for the STEM leadership program that you were in for six years. What position did you put for that? Because it is it like a do they give you positions like you that you you would have in a club like president, vice president? Mm-hmm. Or was it just like you were a member? Everyone was a member in it. Um, yeah, on there, I just called I just put down student leader because that's what they would just call all of us. So <laughs> I just put that down. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. All right. <laughs> OK. Any more main extracurriculars that you did? Um, yeah, so um, I'm just going to 
read off the mm -hmm. the clubs that I did in school because I didn't put that I didn't say any of that in here. Mm -hmm. um, one of the clubs I was pretty involved in was uh, Red Cross Club. I was a publicist, um, and then uh, some projects that we did I was uh, deliver notes of support to first responders, um, kind of similar to like my time at the cafe. And then we also assembled uh, care packages for homeless and farmers, um, and then arranged elementary school supply kits for local elementary schools. And you said you were a publicist for that? Yeah. So I would be in charge of making flyers and getting that stuff out. Mm -hmm. Next um, one, I'm waiting for you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and then oh, I did that from sophomore to senior year. And then another one that I'm uh, involved in is Filmmakers Club. Um, and I've been involved in that for all four years. So um, here we would like talk about films, like learn how to shoot films, learn how to use a camera. And then uh, from time to time, we do have uh, do invite guest speakers. So um, one of which, or we uh, last year we had two. Um, we had one who helped with the animation for uh, Coraline, if you know what that movie is. And then uh, another one who shot like a music video for Snoop Dogg. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so it was kind of a small club, but it was like really nice just so everyone can learn. Um, I, I wouldn't have to like go everywhere and like teach everyone how to use a camera. Um, but yeah, uh, filmmaking and photography are like one of my favorite things to do in my free time. So I was pretty involved in that club. Mm -hmm. And what was your position like that you put on your college app? Uh, I was president this year, but I was oh. vice president last year. All right. All right. And then um, that's actually kind of, uh, those are my two main clubs. Um, but just going back to volunteering this year, um, at the beginning of the year, um, since I was interested with uh, the medical field, I volunteered at a clinic. Um, I would have started earlier, like way earlier, um, but obviously uh, COVID happened. And then especially if you're volunteering in a medical setting, they're pretty strict about COVID, uh, COVID guidelines. So um, I couldn't actually like start volunteering um, until the start of this year. Mm -hmm. And um, it was at a pediatric clinic. So um, I couldn't really do like too much other than like welcome patients and then show them to their room. Um, but I also uh, organized patient files and then uh, made sure that they were like um, signed correctly and built. So um, I, I had to collaborate with like the nurses and the secretaries to make sure um, everything was in order. And then from time to time, if um, the doctor like asked uh, permission um, from the parents, he would let me in the room and see or shadow them to see what it was like to have an appointment. So I got to see like um, him try and comfort children, like crying all the time. Um, but yeah, it was pretty interesting. Did you realize pediatrics is not for you? Yeah. I don't know if I could, he seemed really comfortable doing like baby voices and then I can't, <laughs> that's not, that's not, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> but you're um, like, you said it was volunteer. So like, I assume you didn't get paid, but would you call yourself like an unpaid, unpaid intern there? Um, not really. I wouldn't say that I contributed like, um, I know some people are getting paid for like research. Mm -hmm. I definitely did not do that. So I don't know if I should be getting paid for like what I did there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
I also had to meet the require uh, the volunteer requirements for school. Um, so that's also a reason why I wanted volunteer hours rather than getting paid. All right. So if those are your like main extracurriculars, you can just quickly. Also, why did you like? Did you? I don't know. Hear somewhere that you needed to fill out like all ten spaces on the Common App in terms of extracurriculars. Um, like, was there a reason that you put you filled out all ten spaces? I just thought, actually, uh, yeah. Actually, I take back what I said um, about like maybe some stuff wasn't like of substance. I just thought like if some stuff like important to me, um, mm-hmm. and then I also heard that like on the Common App that having a trend um, on your on your application really helps just so um uh the tip was like if an admission officer was to read your application they should be able to find out like what major you're applying for without having to actually see it on your application mm-hmm. um so i just added the stuff that i thought might help um help them like gather the idea of like what i wanted to go to so um it just so happened that i filled out 10 uh 10 spaces for that yeah. All right. And I should have asked this at the beginning, but might as well ask it now. So you said that you weren't set on pharmacology until the kind of like the end of junior year when you had to give a presentation in your chemistry class, which is kind of me right now. I think I'm going to have to do that once AP <laughs> exams are over. But you say you weren't sure until then. So when you came into high school and you said you were like interested in STEM, but beyond that, did you really not have much direction in what exact extracurriculars you wanted to do you just kind of like saw opportunities it sounded interesting and you grabbed at them yeah so um it was mostly just me trying to explore mm-hmm. um and it was also opportunities like given through stem as well like um the faculty would like send a lot of emails saying hey this thing's open or this student is trying to send uh, uh this student's trying to start um like uh, yeah this student's trying to start like a program um, and wants to know if you guys are interested. Um, so I, I learned ab- about a lot of those opportunities through there and also just searching online. Um, but because of like the competitions that I did in my earlier uh, years of STEM, I thought I would go into like robotic, robotics or like mechanical engineering. Um, but I didn't find myself like very, very passionate with that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until like chem class that I thought I would go into like pharmacology. All right. So like, I'm kind of in the exact same position as you. I really love chemistry and I know pharmacology is like one way you could like actually apply chemistry in your life. So like how much of chemistry is actually used in pharmacology? Like if, if you know, just, just wondering. Um, I don't think I know like too much, but I have talked, I actually talked to a student yesterday that goes to Chapman about their pharmacy program and they do a lot of labs. Um, so I'd say that in itself is using a lot of chemistry for that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know like too, too much about that, but um, just based on like student experiences from their uni, um, it seems like they do deal with a, a lot of chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's like more, more so the development of pharma- pharmacology, like medicines mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. So we did your extracurriculars. Recommendation letters are kind of like self-explanatory at this point, and they're not like too important when, you know, over yeah. the years they're getting less and less important. So let's get on to your essays and then we can talk about the colleges that you applied to, which ones you got accepted, deferred, and then um, rejected from. So 
tell me how, which like Common App essay prompt did you choose? How did you approach the Common App essay? And you don't have to give like a word by word thing. And if you're not comfortable with sharing your topic, you don't have to. But if you can, can you give us like the general topic that you did choose to write about in your Common App? Yeah. So the prompt that I chose was um, discuss an accomplishment, event, or realization that sparked a period of personal growth and a new understanding of yourself or others. So in this prompt, I basically talked about um, my passion for um, cameras and photography and how I was like very shy, um, a, a shy, a, a shy and reserved person in my earlier years of high school. And um, apparently that my chem honors teacher had like a similar um, passion for that. So we connected over that and then we started talking um, a lot. And it's basically how my passion for cameras transition into uh, my passion for chemistry and um, learning how to interact with others. um, Yeah. So basically if I had to like take out uh, extract like themes from here, it would be like from arts to sciences and then from being reserved to um, being engaging. Mm -hmm. So is it like, I guess, I don't know how the exact word for it, but it was like the medium that like transitioned you from art to chemistry. Was it your chemistry teacher? Is that like what? All right. All right. All right. And let's talk about the, let's talk about the colleges that you applied to. Then we could talk about like the little, um, how would you say the little essays that you did at least for like some of the colleges. So you did say you applied um, to a bunch of UC schools and I am still to this day, very confused about how the UC system works so can you give us like an explanation of what the UC system is, how it works? There's like however many colleges, like, yeah, just explain the whole thing. I don't know what to ask. Yeah. So yeah, the UC system is just a public school system just in California. They have an entirely different app, which I am not too much of a fan. Oh, like I'm not that big of a fan of their application. I like the common app better. Um, so um, in their app, you had to write four essays and then you have a maximum of 350 words for all of them. And they do this because they want to see like all the different sides of you. But personally, I don't think that they can really get anything out of 350 words. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have an, uh, ECs and awards section like together. Um, and you have 20 spaces for that. Um, and then what else? They don't accept letters of recommendation, which I really wanted because I feel like my teachers could, um, you know, write a lot of stuff about me. Um, I think they do accept like LORs um, for specific programs or if you get into like a specific stage, uh, stage in the in the process, but I haven't heard anything about that. And then um, they're also test optional. But um, yeah, that's kind of the main difference between the Common App and then Wait, so they don't the have a big essay? No. You have four oh you have four 350 word essays. They don't they don't have supplementals for individual schools either. So your your four essays are gonna go to like all the UC schools you applied mm. to. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a weird application. Um, okay. And as I understand it, when you're applying, you at the end of it, you just check off which UC schools you want to apply to. So you're not applying to all of them. Yeah, so they have a section where you, like, say which UCs and then which majors, like, in the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, can they see which other UCs you applied to? No, no, each uh, 
that the decision process for HGC is independent. So they don't know if you got into like Irvine. Yeah. If you got into LA, they don't know if you got rejected from Irvine. So yeah. That, that sounds awful. Okay. Tell us about how you approach the UC system. What, first of all, what are the prompts and like, what are, you know, what are the prompts? Um, I'd say they were kind of similar in the most part to the common app. Um, from the top of my head, I know there's one, like, how have you helped your community? And then another one, um, honestly, that's the only thing I can remember. It's been a long time since I looked at my obligation. They, they don't even have like individual, like why UCLA, why USC? Yeah, no, that's, that's what I wanted. Cause I thought that was kind of my niche. Um, yeah, no, those same four essays are going to be submitted to all of the colleges who apply to in the system. You know, colleges are all like, we want to have someone that's the best fit for us when it's like, how do you, yeah, you would think, right? Something personal <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell us, which UCs did you click apply for? Okay. Um, I applied to all of them except UC Merced. So um, if you're not familiar with the other UC schools, mm-hmm. that's Davis, Riverside, Santa Cruz, um, Irvine, San Diego, LA, Berkeley, and I think Merced being the last one. So that's like seven UCs. Um, I got accepted into four being Davis, Santa Cruz, um, San, oh, Santa Barbara is what I forgot. Yeah. I was yeah, like, Davis, I'm pretty Santa sure that's Cruz. like one of the UCs. <laughs> yeah. This is a lot. <laughs> I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Davis, Santa Cruz, Santa Barbara, and then, um, Riverside. And then the top one out of like all the schools in the UC system that I got applied, uh, that I applied to, um, Berkeley, which I was kind of surprised about because, um, that came out like last from all the UCs. Um, and then I got waitlisted to San Diego, Irvine and UCLA. And I'm just going to add all three of those came out on the same day. And that was a very humbling experience because I opened San Diego first. Like, okay. Prior to like, um, applying, I thought out of anywhere, like San Diego would have been like my target school. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I kind of like, I thought I would end up going there, but you got and it I to USC that, too, right? Yeah. So USC. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad about that. I'm definitely not mad about that. So it was, it was just a little surprising to me. So, um, waitlisted at San Diego, waitlisted at Irvine. And I opened my LA one last. I was like, please. And I got waitlisted there. So, um, it is what it is. I'm fine with that though. It's kind of like, it just shows how BS it is though. Like you got into Berkeley, but you didn't get into. Yeah. Um, like, I know those are not bad schools. Like yeah, definitely, listening, definitely. they're not bad schools, yeah. but like Berkeley is the most like prestigious one, I guess you could say, or UCLA and Berkeley. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you got into those. And then can you tell us the other schools that you apply to? Yeah. So the ones I applied on like common app, um, Tufts, UPenn, USC. Um, USC is common. Oh my God. It's yeah. like UC. It's yeah. Oh my God. It's a private. So, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then San Francisco and Chapman. So um, right off the bat, um, UPenn was my last decision. It came out on Thursday. I got rejected from there. Um, and then prior to that was Tufts. I got waitlisted there. Um, and then I got into um, University of San Francisco um, for nursing. I wasn't into nursing, but my parents kind of pushed for that. And that was kind of my only nursing school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see myself going there. And then I got into 
um oh i forgot university of pacific i applied there but um it was just for like biological sciences it was a safety school um and then uh chapman i got in for their pre-farm program so instead of like five years and then oh, four years of undergrad and four years of grad school it's kind of just put into five um and then where is chapman located it's in um orange california so oh, okay. basically socal it's like right next to irvine and then very close to disneyland mm-hmm. um and then for usc i got in for uh, pharmacology and drug development um and i got my decision earlier actually um than most people so um for USC specifically, they have um, two deadlines. So if you submit before December 1st, you can be considered for like a merit, uh, merit scholarship. Uh, scholarship. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, it would just be like a regular decision and you would know by like April, April 1st. Um, so um, the different types of merits are like, yeah, the full tuition, um, your trustee, and then your presidential, which is your half, and then the dean's. Um, which is your quarter and some smaller ones. Um, the way I found out about my decision, um, my friend didn't uh, like my friend like knew that there was a deadline coming up for the scholarships, and then he told me that like USC uh, USC scholarship notifications are actually coming out today, and I didn't know that. Um, and then after did you school, get one? <laughs> but after school, I was at the gym with my friends, and then I saw an email from USC saying your portal has been updated. So I was, yeah. So while my friends were working out, I, I just opened my email and then uh, it said, um, view your application status. And I opened it and I see a bunch of like peace signs, like going through, like, like just falling from like mm-hmm. the top of the browser. I was like, uh, congratulations. Uh, you've been, uh, you've been admitted to like USC or whatever. And then at the bottom it said, um, you've been selected as a finalist for like the merit um, scholarship or whatever. Which one? Um, you don't know. You don't know uh, yet. And uh, they said, please check your portal to like learn how to um, sign up for your interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I signed up for my interview. And the way it works is that you get in- interviewed by the department you got accepted into. So for me, it's the school of pharmacy. And then um, I spent like a good month trying to prepare for that. Um, and... I'd say I thought like, okay, I was pretty satisfied with my own responses, but I didn't end up getting like the, the top award, like the, the full scholarship or the half. Um, I ended up getting like a quarter amount. Of, oh, like, that's good. Yeah. Um, which I'm still like grateful for, actually. I'm, I'm glad that I made it this far. Um, humble, I guess, humble brag. Um, I think 3% of the first round students are considered finalists. So I was like very surprised. Um, definitely an e- uh, ego boost, but um, yeah. So they got back to me, and then I got the quarter, and it's renewable for four years. So essentially, that kind of adds up to like one full year of tuition. Um, but yeah. All right. So ooh, there's quite a bit of questions I have to ask. So first, talking about the USC's you or not USC, but like, I guess broadly financial aid in general is financial aid a problem for your family or your parents are like, just get into the schools and we'll like make it work out. Um, actually yesterday I had a four hour conversation with my parents last night about, uh, financing. Um, we're like a middle-class family, but, uh, my sister's in college right now. 
And then I'm going to be going into college. And then after that, in like two years, my younger sister is also going to be in college. So uh, we're still trying to figure everything out. Um, like uh, I've talked to mainly it's between like two schools, USC and Chapman. Mm-hmm. Just because Chapman has like uh, the accelerated. And then if I want like, I have to like be sure that I want to be in a, a pharmacist. And then for USC, like I, it gives me like time to explore uh, other fields for pharmacology. And then um, also the student life there is like unmatched. Like I don't think Chapman's uh, student life can compare to USC. So it's also that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're really considering the finances and stuff before I choose. And um we're actually going to uh, the admitted student days on the 9th and 10th for Chapman and USC respectively, just to like get a gist of what it's like being on the campus and um, will being there, like really make me happy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So one, one thing I should have asked again, like um, before, but I want to get out of the way before we start talking about your um, colleges. So when you said that, like you wanted to stay in California, so that's one, California. So that's one thing that influenced the colleges you applied for and obviously a good pharmacology program as well. Were there other main like factors that, you know, I guess made you like choose some schools over others or was that like the main two, like staying in California and having a good pharmacology program? Uh, Those are the main other than like student life. um, I'd say Uh, location was a pretty big thing because I knew that I wanted to be in SoCal uh, mostly. Um, yeah, those those are kind of the main things. And is Chapman a private or public university? It's a public university. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then also, if you could tell us, because I'm not 100% sure on this, but the UCs are public schools, so you would be paying in-state tuition for any of them, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you the best of luck in figuring out your finances. Like, I know <laughs> if you have a sibling in college, then your financial aid package is greater because your parents have to, like, where the burden of like two kids in college. Yeah. I, 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 I'm hoping for the best Mid- middle-class struggles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Not much financial aid there. Well, that's great. So you say you're picking between Chapman and USC. Yeah. M- mainly those two, but they're also trying to push for Berkeley. Of course uh, they just want to push for yeah, Berkeley. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> if I were you, I just dump pharmacology and go to Berkeley. Oh my that gosh. Tuition? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, it's just so scary. Cause like, I, um, I got it for chemical biology and then the email I got, it's like, um, congratulations for getting the college of chemistry. Um, as you may know, one of our esteemed faculty, um, ended up making CRISPR Cas9 and I'm like, can I, can I actually go there? <laughs> like I actually got it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so daunting to see someone that great, just go to the college I, I would go to. Listen, uh, I've interviewed enough students to know that regardless of the prestige of the school, you're going to have imposter syndrome anyway. So you might as well have imposter syndrome at one of the best schools. (laughs) All right. So I guess we're wrapping up here because you aren't in college yet. We can't really talk about your college experience. But can you give us any last advice? And this can be anything for high schoolers. You can give general life advice that maybe you wish you had followed or someone told you and you followed and you're grateful for it, or it can be something specific to the college process, whichever one you want or both. I'd say that um, if an opportunity comes up and you're unsure um, of like whether or not to take it, I'd say just take it anyways, just so you can 
I actually like know for sure if it's something that you don't want to do or you do want to do. Um, so yeah, just seize the moment and just like do it anyways. Um, and if you're feeling like a little lost um, in the college application process, like trust me, everyone's been there. Um, no one actually like knows like what the secret formula is to get into a college. Um, but what they can tell is if you're um, being yourself and like putting down stuff that's like really important to you and impacted you. So yeah, um, staying genuine is the best way to um, fill out your college application. And just know that everyone's like there with you. Like everyone's, no one has it set. So don't be worried if you have to explore like a bunch of different things just to fill out your application because um, you got it. All right. Thank you very much, Ethan, for coming. It's not even like noon, is it? in california yeah it's it's 11 51 right now okay well have a good rest of your day yeah thank you you too thanks for having me mm-hmm. bye-bye thank you so much for listening to my episode with ethan i hope you subscribe so you know when new episodes are released next week i'll be releasing an episode with michael who will be attending vanderbilt this upcoming fall make sure to check out my blog collegerealitycheck.com for more college related content but other than that i hope to see you next week <laughs>